0: Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hey folks, welcome back to The Heart of Money, episode 50. I am your host, Austin Black, and I am so excited to have a special guest with me this morning, Mr. Tony Bradshaw. Tony believes that there should only be two types of people in the world, millionaires and future millionaires. I agree with that. He helps move his future millionaires from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset and lifestyle. Um, Tony grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and realized in his early 20s that he was mismanaging his money and knew that something needed to change so he learned how to handle his money by his by his mid 20s and became a millionaire by age 40 And now he's helping everyone he can make the choice to create their millionaire plan. So Tony, I am so, so excited to have you be part of the show because it sounds like we have a lot in common. We have very similar stories. You've got a background with Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is one of my big heroes. So I think we have a lot of just mutually um, similar philosophies and, and understanding of everything. So I'm really excited to have you on. Welcome to the Heart of Money.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, Austin. I really appreciate it.
0: So I know that so, you know you've you've had a really unique story and just you know what you've done, where you've been, who you've been a part of. Um just kind of share with us where you've come from, what you learned. You know, in in your twenties there, you sound you had a lot of things going on. And I know that that as your experience, you know, with Dave Ramsey and with your own brand, you've learned a lot, you've done a lot, you've seen a lot. Um, so just walk us through how everything got started and and what brought you to where you are today
1: yeah so i grew up in a low income family here in nashville it's kind of funny because so many people are moving to nashville from out of state right now they're coming from california from chicago from new york from pennsylvania you just name it and they're coming to nashville it's one of the hot places but you know growing up it wasn't like that it was uh the especially the area i lived in it was a lower income area most of the houses my friends uh, lived in broken homes several of my friends had uh drug dealers for fathers and when i say drug dealer not like major corporate type drugs where they were moving but you know like like soft peddling on the side just like extra income type stuff yeah. uh one of my friends had his dad back when when pot was a no no right when marijuana was a no no was growing uh pot plants in his closet with a grow light <laughs> And uh, made, mainly for his own consumption, you know, I got another friend who was not actual, like, actually a peddler of drugs. So, you know, that was the life we grew up in. We had, you know, drug dealers that lived across the street. I remember living out, looking outside the window one night. I believe I was probably about 12. My, daughter, my sister was probably about six, about, you know, a few years younger than me. She's about five or six years younger than me. And we're looking out the window through the shades, the blinds, the two little kids. And, uh, there's this group of people out later than they should be, you know, we're supposed to be in bed sleeping and we're looking out the window and, and, um, they're, you know, got this white stuff on the car and, uh, they're, mm-hmm. you know, basically dealing drugs, you know, dealing drugs on the car across the street. And then, you know, later as I was a little bit older, um, there was a shootout from one drug family up, you know, two or three doors up the street with another drug family and, uh, somebody got killed and, you know, it's, it, that was the life I grew up in. Um, you know, my dad and my mom worked really, really hard. Uh, they didn't make a lot of money, but they made enough and uh, were able to, you know, keep, give us a better standard of living than they themselves had. I believe, you know, both of my parents came from broken homes. Um, so they didn't have stability and they didn't have good role models in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was kind of the the background and the fabric, you know, that, that I grew up with. And then what I found, you know, my parents did get me started working early. They did have a very strong work ethic. And so I, I remember going on job sites with my dad, He was a carpenter, uh, start by cleaning floors, you know, sweeping floors. That's the job everybody has to learn to do first. You gotta, right. If you can't sweep a floor, you can't do anything. So you got to learn how to sweep a floor. And so I'd clean up on my dad's job sites. My mom, on the other hand, I would catch the school bus sometimes at her uh, workplace. She managed convenience stores for a while uh, when I was uh, probably between like ages eight and maybe like, you know, older, you know, in my twenties, she she was still doing that type of work. And uh, I would get off the school bus and uh, be sitting around at the convenience store. And so I would have to, you know, do some work at the convenience store. You know, she'd have me restock shelves, do things, carry out trash. And when I wasn't doing that, I was reading <clears throat> magazines off the magazine racks. And uh, that's where I learned how to uh, learned how to fish. You know, they had fishing magazines. So I learned how to become a bass fisherman uh, from reading those magazines. And then I started teaching neighborhood kids, you know, the the, the tricks to catching bass and, and telling them where to fish and how to fish. And uh, cars is where I learned to work on cars. I rebuilt my first car engine when I was about 14, 15 years old. Um, got in a big fight with my dad about it because I was reading the manuals and, how to do things. And he was just doing it based <laughs> on what he knew. And so he, right. He, I'm rebuilding this, rebuilding the engine and he got mad at me and just left. And, and so I'm like, fine, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it myself. And, uh, that led me into engineering. So, I, you know, going off to college, my parents uh, really pushed me to go to college and I'm figuring, you know, I'm good in math. I like cars. That sounds like engineering. Let's go do engineering. And that was about as much thought as I put into deciding what to do for college. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed getting an engineering degree. Um, you know, worked worked pretty hard at it. Uh, I didn't realize I could be an A student. I was more of an ABC student, um, but I, I should have been a straight A student. But but I didn't put the work in. You know, it takes work yeah. and talent. It doesn't talent alone doesn't get it done. You need work and talent. And so, but I I, I was happy with my grades, at least somewhat happy. But I I, I never really realized my full potential. And and it wasn't until later that I started, you know, accepting the fact that hey your potential is really limited by your own mindset, your potential. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who that is. You know, I don't care what, what walk of life you grew up in. That's the story I hear uh, again and again and again from successful people. And and many people I interview on my show actually had stories that were much worse than mine, like much more troublesome. uh, You know, and we can talk about some of those just like, I'm just like, wow. Like, how did you get where you were from that? Like, that's just like a miracle in and of itself. But for me, even though my parents gave me, uh, invested in me, they empowered me, they taught me a lot of good things. They never really taught me how to manage money. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got out of school, out of college, I got my first full year as a you know a graduate on my job, and I made $39,000. And I got that W-2 form, and I looked at it, and I'm like, I made $39,000. And I took inventory. I just paused, and I'm like, I'm, I'm about $16,000 in debt. About thirteen grand on a car about three three grand on credit cards and i'm I'm living with my mom and dad in a studio bedroom apartment, paying two hundred dollars a month in rent. I've got a bed that I put together with my own two hands. I bought posts and two by sixes from Home Depot <laughs> made my own bed frame bought my ninety nine dollar mattress or whatever I, you know I paid for it back yep. then and uh, i had a desk. i had a desk that my dad built for me. I had a, a nice TV that I paid for, a nice, really nice stereo. Like I invested heavily in electronics because my philosophy was, you know, I'm going to get married someday. My wife's probably going to invest in furniture, women like comfort. Yep. I'm going to bring the electronics. And so I there invested in electronics and that's exactly how it played out. My wife got married. <laughs> my wife had the couch. She had the, she had the nice bed. I had the crappy bed and uh, I brought the electronics. So, I, I, you know, I furnished the living room to some extent, and uh, she furnished the rest. And, uh, but, but holding that W-2, it really hit me. I'm like, wow, like I've got about 500 bucks in my bank account. And, Mm. and I've made that much money. Like, where did it all go? Like that, Mm. that's terrible. Like I can't, I can't repeat what I did that year. I can never repeat again in my lifetime. Like that's the mindset that shifted for me. And so that's where I did what I knew. You know, I mentioned I learned about fishing and I learned about uh, cars and how to work on cars. So I did the only thing I knew to do at the time. And I just went to the bookstore and started buying money magazines and started reading about money magazines, uh, reading about investing, debt, um, learned about mutual funds, learned a little bit about real estate, not a lot. I didn't really buy real estate magazines. I more or less bought stocks and mutual funds. And that mm-hmm. was the, the information I was armed with. And then being an engineer, I took that information, sat down and put a spreadsheet together. And I said, you know, I have this much money. And if I chop it up this way, maybe a third into living, a third into debt and a third into uh, investing, I think I can be a millionaire by age 40. If I do these Mm -hmm. things this way, and that's and I laid that all out in a spreadsheet um, and then made that plan. And and that's what I started with. And, you know, and and it was a little bit naive. You know, I was uh, a newly minted uh, future millionaire at the time. But but it was it got me moving. It got me moving in the right direction. And that's that's the big thing. That was the mindset shift that has to happen for people to leave the past behind and embrace something new, embrace, you know, leaving scarcity behind, which is what I was living in and embracing a more of an abundance mindset. Um, and then, you know, the rest is kind of, you know, history, your life kind of develops. I did engineering for about six years <laughs> and uh, got into computers, made the jump to technology, decided to leave the engineering life behind, got into the, the internet development side of things. And that's where I joined uh, Dave Ramsey's team in 2001 armed with uh, just enough information to be dangerous. And if if they uh, if if my budget didn't match their budget, I think everybody else was asking for 50 grand a year uh, at that time. This is 2001. I asked for 35 grand. So I got the job. And uh, (laughs) back then, uh, you know, the money was money was a little tighter at the Ramsey organization than it it is these days. And uh, yeah. And then so, you know, that's where it grew. And I did got into leadership, Mm -hmm. did some stuff and then left there in 2016. And uh, never really planned on getting back into personal finance, Austin. I just I just really had no, it was not on my radar. I was not planning to go back into personal finance. And then, you know, I'm sitting out in Salt Lake City working, looking out over the snow-capped mountains. If anybody on this show wants to go, to the, go snow skiing, snowboarding, go to Salt Lake City. It's awesome. There's so many different mountains okay. out there. And uh, I'm looking out over those mountains, and I'm, I'm sitting there working on a different book, you know, more of a success book. And, mm-hmm. I I just heard this little voice <laughs> in my head, you know, call it Holy Spirit, call it whatever you want. And, uh, I'm like, I heard not that book, not right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, if not that book, what am I going to write? And, and then I heard personal finance book. And, and that was, that was the beginnings of the millionaire choice in, uh, May of 2017. And, uh, you know, it took me, I thought it was, I naively thought I was going to have this book done, written and complete in like 60 days or 66 <laughs> months, have it on the bookshelves. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, sadly, that's not how it works. I, I wrote right. the draft pretty quickly and then uh, about 12 months of editing after that. And I didn't think that was ever going to end. And then, wow. uh, yeah, it came out in uh, no- November, December 2018. And uh, yeah, my show came out and uh, the Millionaire Choice show came out in uh, 2020, you know, right around COVID, right as COVID was getting mm-hmm. fired up. And uh, yeah, we're we're coming up on 100 episodes. I think you're coming up on 50 episodes. So congratulations to that.
0: Thank you. That that is is such an incredible story, and I love so many parts of that because it's it is so similar to my personal story. You know, I didn't grow up in the same background and everything as as you mentioned, but just the the lack of, of teaching from financially, I can relate to. You know, our timelines. You know, I was. I was in my, I think I was like 20, 23 or 24 when I realized that I was not handling money, right? I was, you know, 25 or 26 when I finally kind of got it together. I'm on track, you know, within the next 10 years to be by my early 40s should be, you know, millionaire net worth. So I feel like I can relate so, so, so much personally to your story and to what you experienced, what you have been through. And a lot of it, like you said, hangs on that mindset because that was the big thing for me personally too was just acknowledging the fact that it didn't have to be the way that it was that I could change it that I had the option I had the choice yeah I would take the talent and the hard work but it was my choice and you know I've been on other shows in the past that where I have kind of had that question asked of you know was it changing your behavior or changing your mindset and there was a little bit of both for me but it was mainly that mindset and that belief system what I really enjoyed about about what you shared there was the fact that even though you you came from where you did you know your past and your background under normal circumstances would not put you where you are today and i've heard a lot of people talk about you know their their past is it is what it is and that's just the way things are you know whether they have to live in debt or whether they can you know retire with wealth or whatever the case is they they focus so much on their past <clears throat> being their identity and being who they are because of where they are. And you obviously, you know, made, made a big change in that and began to adjust to create your your future, what you wanted it to be. One of the things that I tell people a lot of times is it's okay if you made mistakes in the past because you probably were taught wrong or you weren't taught at all. And now it's your choice to learn the correct way to make that change, make that modification. With your experience how big of a role did your past play in dictating
1: where you ended up going? Yeah, I think you know when I wrote my book, um, The Millionaire Choice. The you know the it, the interesting thing is the first two chapters really have nothing to do with money. Um, it has mm-hmm. to do with uh, character, and uh, it's called develop strong characters. You know, millionaire key number one. Millionaire key number two is maximize your time. And so once you realize that it's the difference between and it's not the only difference, right? Because you have to have the mindset shift. And and I and you have to, as a as a teacher or a mentor, you know, doing what we do, you have to acknowledge that certain people, depending on how they brought up, they, they're struggling with the different mindset issues on a whole nother level. And, right. and and you have to acknowledge that you can't just whitewash it and go, oh man, anybody can do this. Anyone can do it, but different people face different struggles based on their background, their upbringing, uh, even generational. You could call it generational curses if you want to, but just that, that consistency. So my past for me, the way I'm wired is I don't really remember my past that well. I'm always <laughs> yeah. thinking about the future and like what's next. So I'm, I'm a very strategically focused and visionary type person. What I realized as I'm teaching people is most people are not visionary. So they mm-hmm. can't create something new and different in their future because they're not visionary. They need somebody to help them create that vision that they can latch onto, And that's just, you know, if you break down personal demographics of just the average person, that that holds very true. Right. So yes. uh, not everybody is a visionary and that's and that's perfectly OK But what you have to do is you still have to get a vision for your life if you want it to be different. That's why I love Dave Ramsey stuff. Some people knock on Dave because they don't agree with his investing advice or the way he, you know, maybe it's 12% with mutual Mm -hmm. funds. I know people get 20%, you know, that's that's what they do. (laughs) They don't do mutual funds, but they get 20%. On their investments, so they just think differently, right? So you got to learn. Now those people have evolved from you know early stages to later stages. They've gotten what I call money smart, and they've continued to get money smart over their lifetime, and therefore they can get those twenty percent returns versus twelve. But what Dave is doing is he is giving people a vision, and the vision is to become debt free. He's helping them latch on to a vision. For their future and their life, and it's like I can be debt free. Dave Ramsey tells me I can be debt free. I believe that. Yeah. So they're grabbing a hold, and they're what I say is they're borrowing. They're borrowing mm-hmm. Dave's vision for their life because they don't have one, and and that's perfectly okay for me. I'm trying to give people a vision that they can become a, a millionaire. Now, for a lot of people, that's a difficult jump. You know, the way I look at it is you've got four money buckets. The first bucket is just broke. The second mm-hmm. bucket is just getting by. Like I can pay my bills. The third bucket becomes the future millionaire bucket. And then you got the millionaire bucket. And mm-hmm. some people say, oh, well, what about the billionaire bucket? Well, you know, if you can get there, that's fine. Go for that. But that's not the majority. Only about right. 300,000 people in the U.S. have net worth over $25 million. So we're talking about what what's applicable for the vast majority of Americans and possibly, hopefully, for other people in the world. But it's very difficult to go from a broke mindset and a broke lifestyle to a future millionaire mindset and a future, that's a bigger jump. It's much easier. I think to go, Oh, I can, I can go from being broke to just getting my bills paid. Like I can, if I can just pay my bills, my life's (laughs) going to be a whole lot better. Or if I can just get out of debt, My life's going to be a whole lot better. And that's perfectly fine because that at least gets people in the game of finance. That gets them focused. That gets them learning. So your original question was, how much did my past play? Um, I think I let go of my past pretty quickly. I would say my habits had to take time to get rid of, right? Um, yeah. You know, spending, getting rid of the old bad habits that, that that keep us in those places. You have to you have to take those bad habits and list them out and go, you know what? I'm not going to spend all my money every time I get a paycheck. I'm not going to buy the new thing that I've been thinking about for six months. I don't really need that thing. So you have to shut down those bad habits and replace them with new habits. And I think it becomes a lot easier when you have a goal in front of you. Like, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire by age 40. Uh, this is how I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing you're going to hit curves on the way, right? Right. So I didn't, I didn't have a a line item in my budget for marriage. Uh, I did not (laughs) have a line item in my budget for my, my future wife's debt, uh, which was Mm like $20,000. Um, I did not have a line item for the house that she wanted to live in. And I did not have a line item for six kids, you know, and diapers. Uh, by the way, I tried to get my wife to do cloth diapers because I had calculated how much it cost. (laughs) uh, to do those disposable diapers. I'm like, shoot, yep. I can buy six diapers for this kid and wash them every week and save, yep. you know, $1,500, you know? And, uh, she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Uh, I, I, I think that's okay. And so, that sounds so, so we did, we did the disposables, you know, you know, we did disposables, but, but that wasn't, that wasn't in my plan, but that's okay. Because you know what, the wonderful thing happens when you set a goal, and you set a vision and you put some action behind it is I think the human mind is so amazing because it, it's it's like it puts a problem in front of it and mm-hmm. it works on that problem. You know, and I think, you know, universally, too, I think, uh, you know, there's some God factor in it. But there's other things that go at play when you when you get something in front of you like that, where you're going, hey, I, I, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and you start charting that course Mm -hmm. now to a lesser degree, my wife, my wife, it was, uh, this is, I'm telling a bad story here on myself, but my wife, uh, when I walked in and told her, I said, Hey, guess what? We're millionaires. And she goes, what? Like, what are you talking about? Because Uh I had never shared my vision with my (laughs) wife. I never shared it with her. Uh, You Uh know, it wasn't until we were there that she's like, Oh, 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 so she's still processing. Like, why, what are we talking about here? Cause she, uh-huh. she didn't think that way. You know, she, she had been through uh, Dave's program uh, uh, multiple times. And so mm-hmm. she and I were aligned on our financial mindset overall. Like we yeah. weren't going out and wasting money and spending money and stuff. So we were, we are philosophically aligned on the basics of finance, but I didn't, I never gave her that vision. Now in this next version of us, like what's next for us we are sharing that vision together and she's praying into that vision with me and, and we're embracing that together. But that was something I didn't do on the front end and uh, didn't know to do, honestly.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Financial Coaching. I'll never forget the night that I couldn't afford to buy groceries because I had overspent my paycheck. I had a good job and I wasn't a lavish spender, but debt and poor money management was causing me to go broke. That guilt and fear made me take responsibility for my finances and helped me learn the fundamentals of sound money management. Now, 10 years later, I am proud to be married with two kids, a paid-for house, and enjoying a completely debt-free lifestyle. Through this journey, I discovered the key strategies for achieving financial independence as a couple. So if you're struggling to take control of your money or get on the same page with your spouse in regards to finances, then I invite you to apply to my Money Mastery Program and get personal coaching to transform your relationship with money so you and your spouse can achieve financial independence. I only work with a handful of couples one-on-one, so be sure and get your application in today. Head over to freedommoneycoach.com apply and let's start the conversation. I love that I love that you talk so much about vision because you know as a coach that's that's my very first framework that I teach is you have to develop your vision that's the first step in accomplishing any type of financial independence security change if you don't know where you're wanting to go you're never going to get there but I also really enjoy this, you broke it down to those buckets because it is so hard I've I've had the question asked before you know back early on did I plan on being where I am now. 10 years from from our 10 years ago and the answer is no because I was focused on something else at that time but it was a it was a dream and a wish and a goal but I didn't know how I was gonna get there and whenever you lay out those four buckets that is so um, simple to understand because so many people they start in that broke or getting by stage and to them for one thing millionaire is not even on the radar table that's just we're not hasn't even crossed our mind right now. We just want to get ahead and be able to be comfortable and be able to have a little bit to save and maybe maybe a little bit to invest, but let's just let us take care of this month right now. And it is really difficult to think that long-term pattern, and I think that's where a lot of people get bogged down by the current and sometimes the past if they're hanging on to that and if they aren't able to let go like you and I have done, it's sometimes an obstacle to say, well, yeah, that took place, but now this can happen if you change your mindset, change your behaviors, and change your your dreams and your goals to accomplish this. And then little by little they begin to take that progression. They begin to get the wins. Their mindset begins to evolve, their behaviors begin to change and adapt. And before you know it, you look up and oh my gosh we're debt-free, we've got our investments going, we are going to retire million or plus, it just begins to compound. So I really appreciate you breaking that down into that simple format that's so relatable and, and things that, that just speak to me, speak to our audience, are, are very applicable to the way that the mind works around money. Um, one of one of the things that you said there at the end that I think is very, very important to anyone's journey, you, know, you talk about sharing it with your wife and the fact that you you didn't early on you are now i know a lot of couples that i that i work with that listen to this show the very beginning part it's so hard it's maybe not so hard but they just they don't know how to have that conversation to get on the same page that's what i do. i work a lot with helping folks do that but i lo- i like to hear from your standpoint what were some key components that you wish you would have done early on to with your wife to have that communication and what are you doing now to make that be a part of both of your missions?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, the couple of things that have really shifted for me more recently, uh, and, and some of this is not stuff that I would have, you know, maybe, maybe you could say I would have liked to done it differently early on. I think we have to go through an evolution process. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I had my eyeballs set on uh, a million becoming a millionaire. Um, that was as far as I could like get my head around, right? So I'm going from broke to millionaire. That's a big jump. Now, <laughs> yes. I know some people that go from broke to thinking like, they just go like 10 million, less ten 10, 20 million. Like we're going for 20 million. I got some friends, 33, 34 years old, uh, net worth 25 to $50 million. And they were broke. Oh, like they're God. broke at 21, uh, $50 million at like 32. So they they just they they did not let their mindsets or their upbringing limit them on what they thought the possibilities were. And they were able mm-hmm. to achieve much more. Now, that's it's going to be different for different people. So I, you don't set somebody else's standard as your standard. I only use that example because I, I hate it when people uh, make excuses that hold them back. And, uh, and right. so, you know, when, when somebody I start talking about finance or millionaire, uh, I get several responses very quickly. One is, oh, oh you got lucky. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't get lucky. I went to college. <laughs> right. I worked really hard for six years as an engineer. I, I spent $1,000 to get the software I needed so that I could learn how to program. I went to work for another guy, uh, changing jobs, uh, you know, at the tech boom. And, decided uh, and I took a pay cut a 25% pay cut to take this risk on that I yeah. thought was going to play out in the digital age and then and then I became a leader of a leadership team and I made money and you know on and on and on there's a lot of work that goes into success and and people who are not there just go oh you got lucky right place right, right. time it's all crap <laughs> that's all just crap it's not true <laughs> You know, yeah, maybe some people do get lucky, but that's not the norm. It's it's the hard work, the effort, the constant focus, the you know, and then you know, even in the middle of that, something plays out right. So I, I don't like people who look at other people and go, "Oh, that guy's got lucky." No, no, he just did a, a repeatable process. That's what I find mm-hmm. when I talk to people. It's a repeatable process. That's why I say anyone can become a millionaire. Anyone in the United <clears throat> States. Now, if you go overseas, you're in China that's a different story. You know, you don't have a a, a capitalist, you have a communistic regime. Um, You know, you go to other countries, they don't have the same opportunities that we have in the United States. But I've interviewed a lot of people that left other countries, came to the United States, boom, became millionaires. Um, So you asked me my original question, what would I change? One, I would get on the same page with my wife. Now, what I find is that many times in, and I think uh, Dave teaches us well, you got in different ways. He says, you got to spend her and you got to save her. That's mm-hmm. a great way of saying you got somebody who's money uh, conscious and somebody who's not money conscious. Uh, right. That's the way I look at it. So uh, in our in our family, I'm a numbers person. My wife's not a numbers person. Numbers scare her. She doesn't like <laughs> them. She doesn't do well with math. It's it's difficult. So when you if you if I come at that problem from a math standpoint then i'm not on the, it's hard to get somebody on the same page with you and I, she played me one of the greatest compliments i could ever say is when she read my book she was the last one to read and edit my book and she's like this is what you were thinking for 15 years 18 years <laughs> she's like i get it she's like i get it she had been through some other people's financial material and didn't get it so now what happens and i think this is key right how do you get on the same page with your spouse? And I think it starts with vision, but also empowerment, some, some basic understanding. So I'm the financial guy. I'm the one that do, does investments. My wife invested for the first time last year. So I had been talking to her, doing this teaching. I'm moving in this direction. She's like, she comes to me. She goes, hey, I made an investment. And I'm like, that's great. What did you get? (laughs) And then she's she's learning, right? Now she's learning. Mm -hmm. Now she gets upset because she's on that roller coaster ride right now, right? She bought it last (laughs) year. Things were going up. Now they're going down. Now she's going, oh, everything's in the red. I don't like. I don't feel good. I'm like, baby, that's part of the game. It's the way it works. You know, and you're learning. You're getting better. You haven't made any fatal mistakes. You haven't lost a hundred grand. Um, you know, and that's not even a fatal mistake, right? You can make hundred grand is really. It sounds crazy, guys. Listen to the show. It's nothing. It's really, it's yeah. just a commodity. It's just a piece of money, you know? And and people who learn about money and how it works, they don't look at money the same way as people who are trapped in a scarcity mindset. So what I do is I give people uh, two copies of my book. I give them two copies for one reason. If they're married, uh, you need to read it. And while you're reading it, you, ne- you need your spouse to read it at the same time so y'all can have the same experience. Yeah. So don't let, uh, you know, the husband or don't let the wife... Just shoulder the burden of the finances. Be as much on the same page as you can be so that you can share that common goal and you can move together in that common di- direction. Um, you know, debt free is great, but there's a lot of people, it creates a lot of marital problems too. It fixes some marital problem that creates other marital problems. If you've got a spender in the family and they don't want to let go of the spending, they're going to feel constrained, they're going to feel very tied yeah. down. By the by the saver. But the saver is going to create friction because they're going, what are you doing? We've got these goals. We've got all this stuff we're trying to do. And you're just blowing it all up. And then, you know, sadly, it's not uncommon for that mindset to drive a wedge between people. Next thing you know, um, you know, they end up divorced because they couldn't get on the same page with their money and their money goals. But I think the money vision, money goals is huge. That would probably be one of the biggest single things I would do. I probably would have gotten my wife started in investment sooner instead of just doing it all myself. And, you know, and, and, and taking that responsibility, I think the more connected you are with your spouse or your, you know, significant other, the, the, the more powerful you're going to be as a team and, uh, the, the quicker you're going to get your goals and, and see some things. Um, and I think it's okay to set some goals, man. I don't, I think as a young guy married, I've been married 24 years now, I've got six kids. Um, but I, my parents, because of their upbringing, were very, um, you know, loners, I guess, individuals. So they, even though they were married, they were very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that they knew they didn't have models for them how to set financial goals or family goals or, uh, you know, how to, how to improve their lifestyle or experiences and and money was tight. Right. So when yeah. we went out to, to dinner, you know, red lobster, red lobster was a luxury for us. Uh, <laughs> sure. I remember a lot of crystals, a lot of Burger King, um, some ryan steakhouse was a luxury for us we might do that maybe maybe once every month once every 3 months or something like that yeah. um and you know red lobster was even less frequent um as i got out of college it was uh, el chico that was my wife my mom's uh, favorite mexican <laughs> restaurant go. but but um but as i got married you know we didn't take vacations for the first 10 years we just went to my parents or her parents house actually she just traveled back and forth her parents never took vacations they just did family mm-hmm. Uh, trips back to indiana and uh you know after about 10 years of married i'm like i ain't doing that anymore i'm done with family <laughs> vacations at family houses i'm like we're we're yeah. going on an adventure we're gonna go do something and my wife she had never been on one dude like never oh, man and i'm like so for me to for me to even bring in the concept of going to disney world or um some other place like that was a foreign concept for her she would never yeah had done that and her family had never done that. So, so when I started opening up that door, it really opened up a vision for her to allow her to go, Oh, what are these things in life that I can experience that I've never experienced Mm -hmm. before? And we started doing about four vacations a year there for a while. We were doing two, uh, you know, spousal retreats where we might go. You know, we went to Vegas one year we went to, um, uh, which I probably won't ever go back, but, um, not not highly recommend there's better places to go than vegas (laughs) um you know we went uh oh i don't know we took a a cruise one year so like two so our goal was to do maybe like a spring like valentine's day trip with my wife and Mm -hmm. then do a a trip maybe in the fall with my wife and then we would do you know uh, a a nice vacation with my kids and then uh like a you know a smaller vacation with the kids so but four trips a year that was kind of our goal do one a quarter so that i like traveling um but I, I didn't really know to do that when I was young, but then as money started getting a little bit freer for us, we got our, you know, our stuff together. We got closer <clears throat> to that millionaire goal. We had more disposable income and, uh, and that opened some doors for her. Um, she's a stay at home mom. So just helping her find what makes her tick. Right. And I think sometimes, yeah. you know, for the, for women that are stay at home moms, they can get covered up and swallowed up in, in the family and in the children, And that's not necessarily a healthy thing for the marriage or a healthy thing for her. So, you know, she just recently had a book come out, but just finding ways to empower um, your dreams and goals and what those are to find those both together, but both, you know, uh, in some degrees to apart because we are, we're two become one, but we're also individuals. And so we need to embrace both sides of who we are. And I think those are things I know now that I didn't know back then that I would have done very, very, very differently. Um, you know, and some of them take money and some of them don't.
0: Uh, That's so insightful in the context that, you know, learning how to change within that and acknowledging the differences in our spouse, acknowledging, like you said, what makes them tick, what makes them respond. You know, I've, I've got a whole training on just how you can learn how your spouse thinks so you can learn how to talk to them. So you can understand each other. You can have that conversation. You can both be on the same page with your words and with your emotions and with your feelings around money. And I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, you talk about how she began to realize what other opportunities there were. And a lot of times we get in this, this routine and this pattern, whether it's with our marriage, with our money, with our jobs, with our family and just with our life in general, and we just we become accustomed to it and we don't think of what else could there be or what other opportunities exist until it's basically forced upon us to experience that. And then we're like, oh, this is really cool. I'd never tried this before. We should do more of this. So I, I love the fact that you're able to to help her experience that. And that that's such a, an interesting dynamic within a marriage that I think is really powerful. Uh, man, Tony, there's there's so much that you shared today that just really resonates with me. I think it was going to resonate with our audience. Love the stories, love the insight, love just the wisdom um, that that you shared from from your years of experience, from your marriage, from your financial success. Um, I think it's very, very applicable stuff that, honestly, like, like you said, anyone can do this if they work hard, if they put their mind to it. It may be harder for others than some, but any everyone has the opportunity. Anyone can if you know if they go for it. Um, I know you've got you know the book, The Millionaire's Choice. you got your podcast. Where are some of the ways that people can really connect with you, find out more about you, work with you? Um, how can they stay in tune with Tony Bradshaw?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously, themillionairechoice.com, that's my primary financial brand where I do uh, a lot of my posting and things. Uh, tonybradshaw.com is another option. Uh, it's more of a personal stuff there. Um, I do one hour of financial coaching. So I set aside one hour of every day so that people can be coached by me for free. So I believe with just one hour of interacting with somebody, I can help ch- change the trajectory of their lives, kind of catapult them. Uh, just like I did when I was 25 years old. I went, there was a before. There was definitely a before and after. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I just want to help people nudge them in that into that after zone. And, uh, so that's why I give away an hour of my day uh, for people. I'll probably do that for the rest of my life. I don't know. You know, it's, it's this year's 2022. Maybe I keep doing it in 2023, but I, I really enjoy talking to people. I had a call recently from Jamaica, a young lady that uh, was <laughs> in career transition and, uh, it's just fun, man. It's just fun being able yeah. to give some insight and wisdom to somebody who is, uh, you know, especially in their twenties and they've got their whole life ahead of them and, uh, You know, having that kind of information uh, is huge. So, I do that for free coaching. You can book that at the millionaire com. There's a a sign up page for that and just check it out. I look forward to talking to anybody that that wants a little guidance.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for for taking time to be on the show today, for sharing your story, for giving some very practical tips and some wisdom around money and marriage and and finances, and um, just really. Really enjoyed learning from you. I, I know I always have a fun time whenever I can take something away from a guest episode, and and that has happened again today. So I appreciate uh, you sharing those stories with us, and we'll be sure to include everything there in the show notes for you, and uh look forward to, to visiting again
1: sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Austin. I appreciate it.